Well, the new year is here, 2022. Today on Savvy Citizen, we're talking with Linda Mingus, who's with our Gaston County Cooperative Extension, and two interns, Nicole Killian and Kennedy Reeder, who are both planning to be registered dietitians. Today, they're talking with us about some of the goals that many folks have for the new year, including eating healthier, getting in better shape, and exercising more. Well, we will get rolling then. I'm here with a trio from the Gaston County Cooperative Extension, Linda, and my goodness, I messed up your last name, I think, at one point the last time we had you on, but it's Mingus, right? That's correct. See, I worked out in eastern North Carolina for a while, and they have the Mingy's Bottle Company, spelled the same way. Absolutely. And they donate a huge amount of money to everywhere, especially to eastern Carolina, where my wife worked, East Carolina. Um, So I got got used to seeing that name and pronouncing it that way for TV. Absolutely. Uh, So Linda Linda Mingus, who is a registered dietitian, she's also the family and consumer science agent for the North Carolina Cooperative Extension here in Gaston County. And then we're also, um, we have two other guests that are from the Cooperative Extension, uh, Nicole Killian and Kennedy Reeder. They are both from Lenora Ryan University, and they are dietetic interns. I want to thank everybody for joining us. And we are talking about, as we roll into 2022, talking about New Year's resolutions. And obviously one of the really big things um, for most people when they you know, see the calendar change, and especially after you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and you know, I know with COVID, maybe not as many Christmas parties, but I think people are still you know, tackling the sweets as much as possible. Just thinking about uh, eating smart. And so I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that. And Linda, I didn't know if you wanted to kick us off. Sure. First of all, thank you for having us today. We are very excited to be here. And I think with COVID and the holidays, I think a lot of folks are continuing to look at ways to be able to work healthier eating and more physical activity into their daily lifestyle. We've been very fortunate to be able to do a variety of virtual and in-person workshops from our local foods and our fall prevention activities. And I think part of, as we get into the holiday season, this may be a year when we're getting to come together and families are extra excited. And then thinking about, well, how can I make some of those changes? And how can I work on maybe moving forward with my goals, especially over the last year, dealing with COVID, many of us gained weight. We put our health on the side. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of losses in families. And so our own personal health hasn't been at the foremost of our thoughts. So I'm really pleased to be able to let our interns talk about some of the things we do with extension and how that ties into this topic. And one of the things that Nicole's going to talk a little bit about is the importance of making smart goals and you hit on that and much of the work we do with extension is tied into that it's interesting that you mentioned smart goals because as as a county we've been working through um, the adoption of the strategic plan which happened in the spring of 2021 Um, there's individual department strategic plans that um, in the fall and the winter of 2021 that we've been working on and a lot of that has come back to smart goals because it's it's so much more than just kind of setting out a couple key points and then hoping that you hit them. Like it, there really is kind of a, both an art and a science to creating smart goals to really help you achieve what you're setting out to achieve, right? Absolutely. And I think something that a lot of people have struggled with when they set New Year's resolutions is 
they don't really have a set goal. Mm. Um, it's a lot easier to meet a goal when you know exactly what you're aiming for. Um, so that's why SMART goals are kind of a, a really big thing. So I would like to start off and talk about what SMART goals are. SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Timely. And this kind of allows you to really see if you're hitting your goals. If you make a broad generalization saying like, oh, I want to be more active, well, you're kind of more likely to be like, oh, well, yeah, I went walking a little bit more last week. Mm -hmm. I, I guess that counts. But if you set a goal that's specific, say, I want to walk four times a week, that's more than I do that I've been doing prior, right. and that's more than I'm going to do now. So you can really look back and say, okay, yeah, I did work. I walked four times last week. Um, another thing is that goes along with that is measurable. Like four week, four times a week is measurable. It's mm -hmm. not like, oh yeah, I work, I walked a little bit more last week. Well, and you're talking about the the idea of it being measurable too. Like I could very easily say like, oh, I want to walk four times a week, and it's like, oh, I walk down to my mailbox. Like yeah. you know, so. I would think that like the measurable part of it too could be like, I want to walk four times a week for at least a mile a day or, or something along those lines where you're giving very kind of specific guidelines. Absolutely. And like these goals can be custom to your own lifestyle, your age, your demographic, and your resource resources available. Um, for example, like another example of measurable could be I go to the gym and lift weights for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's another measurable um, aspect to it. And also, when making these goals, it's really important to make them attainable for yourself. Like, if you're elderly and you've had some health issues and you you haven't been exercising, your your goal is not going to be to run a marathon, right? Because that's not something that's very attainable. Or even if you're you are healthy and you're young and you're just starting off running, like running a marathon or having these huge goals of I'm going to go to the gym three hours every day. Mm. That's not something that's very attainable, especially if you have jobs, kids, life. It just, it's not something that you're going to be able to do. When you're going to set yourself up to fail, essentially. Exactly. And realistic also tags along to attainable. Um, you got to be realistic with yourself. Like a lot of people start off in the beginning, they're super pumped to do it. So they're, they're going, they're meeting their goals, they're going to the gym. You know how they always say at the beginning of the year, there's so many people at the gym. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it sort of dies off. A lot of that is because it's not realistic. Mm. You can't realistically be at the gym for two or three hours every day and um, still feel good after that. Right. You're going to be burnt out. So you got to kind of pace yourself and give yourself a real goal. Like, okay, 30 minutes a day, that could be fine. And then you won't get burnt out. You're, you have that time set aside. You can't really make yourself say, oh, I don't have that three hours. One of the things that we do in several of our chronic disease self-management programs, because we do encourage participants to make weekly action plans, which utilizes the SMART goal concept, is we talk to them about um, thinking about how confident they feel they can achieve it. And one of the other aspects of that is encouraging them not to make that action plan for every day because you don't have any wiggle room. Mm -hmm. If I decide that I want to go out and walk 10 or 15 minutes every day, what if the weather changes? What if I don't feel well? So giving yourself some wiggle room and also in terms of deciding on what is going to be your action plan how much of it is what you want to do compared to, well, my doctor said I should do, mm -hmm. a family member says I need to do it. 
But it really comes down to what is it that you want to do? And so it takes a little bit of self-reflection with that as well. Definitely. I think a lot of times you'll see that when people are setting resolutions, like how much of that is being driven internally, how much of that is coming from you know, a spouse or you know, a parent, a you know, family member, that sort of thing, um, or, or your doctor. It's like, well, you know, every time I've been to the doctor the last five years, he keeps saying this, maybe I should do it. Like, if you're coming at it from that approach, you're probably not going to be successful. Absolutely. And along with that is being realistic in, on how many things you're trying to work on. So, for example, if you are trying to stop smoking, that is a tremendously large task. Yeah. So you may not want to couple that with trying to create an exercise plan and trying to lose weight all at the same time. So that's part of planning and thinking about how realistic your lifestyle is. So uh, those are some of the things to keep in mind. We have some great resources that are available through the North Carolina Eat Smart, Move More NC plan and lots of good information about making SMART goals and that information is available from many of our sites. So one of the things that we also wanted to touch on when it when it comes to kind of New Year's resolutions, um, you know, in addition to kind of uh, exercising more, often paired with that is eating SMART. And Kennedy, you had kind of some ideas um, to, to talk about and some, some strategies and some tools that, that people can, can uh, utilize. Yeah, so there are a lot of different resources out there that can help with meal planning, which is a great way to start eating smarter, uh, planning out what your meals are for the week. A great way to start is to just uh, make time and make a set grocery list of what you want to buy at the store for the week. And by, doing, by making a list, it'll help you stick to it and just buy what you need in the store. And I always say, or my mom always says, don't uh, grocery store hungry. I've <laughs> heard that. Like, and, and there's some legit like, science to that. Like yeah. if you go at like 4.30 in the afternoon, maybe you have a light lunch or you're, you're already getting hungry for dinner. It's like yeah. you're a lot more likely to end up putting stuff in your cart, not only that wasn't on your list, but you probably don't need. Yeah, I know. I've done that a few times myself where I just go and I'm super hungry and I just grab snacks mm -hmm. <laughs> and stuff that I don't necessarily need and I didn't really plan out a list. So I think going to the store, having a plan, a set list of what meals you want to eat that week is a great way to start eating smart. And to go off of that, there are some great resources uh, that Gas and Extension kind of goes on to help with that meal planning. So to start, um, I actually did a presentation last week on this, an educational session on MyPlate, okay. which is a really great resource to use. They have a website that kind of goes through the different food groups that there are, so fruits, vegetables, dairy, protein, that kind of thing, and goes over why they're important for you and also how to incorporate them into your diet. So on the website, there's a resource called MyPlate Kitchen, and on that, there's a bunch of different recipes uh, that you can pick from that are super healthy. And depending on what you're looking to eat that week, you can honestly just search whatever and you can probably find something that is close to what you want. Uh, so definitely utilize that and uh, it can help you plan out what you want to eat for that week, just searching all those recipes on there. Okay. Um, and then I also want to talk about MED instead of MEDS, which is another educational uh, session that is through Gaston Extension, and it talks about the Mediterranean diet, which 
I know there are a ton of different fad diets out there, and oh, this is sure. not this is not that kind of diet. This is a great super balanced diet. It just encourages eating all the different food groups that are out there and uh, incorporating all those vitamins and minerals and nutrients that we all need every day. For me, when I hear Mediterranean diet, I think of a lot of Mediterranean type foods. So I think of you know Kalamata olives and you know uh, fish and hummus and that sort of stuff. I mean, is it? Is there a focus on that sort of stuff, or is it is it truly just more about um, the types of food groups and, and balance? I would say, yeah, probably both. I would say um, a lot of the – so the sessions that we do, there's a different one each week that focuses on the different food groups um, okay. and how to incorporate them in by, like, going by the Mediterranean diet. Okay. So this past week we just had the vegetables and fruits section and how to incorporate those. And, yeah, we actually had somebody ask uh, in a different session about olives (laughs) and whether they're vegetables or whether it's considered a vegetable or what food group that's in. And it's actually considered a fat. Fun fact. Oh. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I would say both. uh, A lot of when we did the protein session, a lot of it was focused on the plant proteins, which Mm -hmm. what what you mentioned, the hummus. Um, So, yeah, I would say both for sure. One of the things that we do talk about with Med Instead of Meds is that it really is based on the traditional foods of the Mediterranean area. It is not taking processed foods and simply adding olive oil to them (laughs) that you see many food companies that are doing now from sweet potato fries to potato chips. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really looking at some of those traditional, less processed very much a focus on lots and lots of fruits and vegetables, lean meats, and smart fats. And we offer that workshop. It's usually a six-session program. We offer it at no cost throughout the year. We will definitely be having workshops kicking off in January. At this time, we're doing majority of our programs virtually, and they're recorded. So even if you're not able to listen while we're doing the presentation live, the recording's available. So great information. The recipes on the website are designed to be simple, and also they do small quantities, which is another great feature without costing a huge fortune, using fresh canned just without a lot of added ingredients. And along with my plate, one of the great features with my kitchen is that you can filter based on budget. So mm-hmm. in January, many times budgets are a little extra tighter from holiday spending. Yeah. And, you, you know. You go, what did I just spend on Christmas? Exactly. <laughs> so budget friendly is important for many families across our county and state. So that's another great feature. And you don't have to spend a fortune to eat healthy. And that is something that extension and the work that we do and the resources we provide really try to debunk that mm. and making smarter protein choices and especially with legumes and dried beans can really drive down your protein costs so that's a great option if you're trying to eat smart on a budget well and it seems like there's there's been a rise over maybe the last 10 to 15 years of more of these kind of fast casual places that offer maybe some healthier options when you are eating out as opposed to like so much of the traditional processed foods and fatty and fried foods that you're going to get from just your average um, fast food restaurant. Um, And whether it's, you know, places like Panera or Salad Works or any of these type of places that have a lot more of these fresh food type offerings, it definitely, I think, is maybe starting to debunk that myth that like, you know, if you want to, if you don't have a lot of money, like 
you just got to eat like a lot of processed stuff. Absolutely. And I think back to what Kennedy said with my plate, there's some great resources. The key to so much of this goes back to planning and preparing ahead, but that may only take 10 or 15 minutes to have your plan in mind. And planning can save you a fortune. If you're listening to Savvy Citizen, we're talking with Linda Mingus, Nicole Killian, and Kennedy Reeder of the Gaston County Cooperative Extension. Just generally speaking, um, and just kind of the question for any of you, what are some of the, the things that trip people up the most that maybe they don't think about that are foods that a lot of people maybe have in their diets that they don't think, oh, it's, it's, it's not that bad for me, but they really are? Um, I think one really big thing is a lot of people will try to start incorporating more vegetables in their diet, and a good way to do that is stir-fries. Well, sometimes I think people overdo it with the olive oil, even though it's a great fat, it's a healthy fat, Mm -hmm. but when you're adding like three, four tablespoons to each meal, it it really adds up, and that's not beneficial. The healthy foods also should be done in moderation. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I also want to add a lot of times when we go to those fast food restaurants too, they'll have these super big salads and you think it's healthy for you, but a lot of the stuff that they put on top of it, like the dressings, fixins, mm. whatever, like bacon bits and stuff, right? that can add up and that can cause it to not be that good for you. So it's good to kind of know that when you're going to a restaurant like that, uh, kind of see what the toppings are that they might put on it and maybe tell them to not add this. So you're telling me that if I go somewhere and I get a dozen buffalo wings, it's not healthy just because I had the carrots and the celery too, right? (laughs) Right, right, Right. exactly. (laughs) And, you know, that brings up a great point that for many of the franchise restaurants, you know, one way to learn more about your choices is to go online and look at the calories, look at what a serving size is, because we truly have this concept of portion distortion. Oh, gosh, yeah. Even if, you know, I hear many times people saying, well, you know, we eat out a lot, but we always split the meal. That sounds like that's a great option, but in reality, you still may be over budgeting your calories, your fat, and especially sodium. And along with that, another area of food that I think we often overlook our beverage choices. So smoothies and fruit drinks and those that people label healthy and that's an interesting aspect I think we as Americans tend to think of food as being good or bad and we really need to get out of that concept because it's more of what's the healthier choice and what's more healthy-ish and Mm -hmm. that is something we even talk about in med instead of meds but rethinking your beverage and trying to look at those whether it's a fruit drink or coffee drinks so many folks run through, uh, you know, a, a store and get a coffee beverage every day, and those calories can really add up. So again, check out that information. Look at those smoothies; they may not be as smart as you think. And sticking with un, you know, unsweetened beverages and limiting your added sugar drinks is really a helpful tip. Yeah, I know for me in the fall, like one of my weaknesses is the either the pumpkin spice latte or once you get into <laughs> Christmas season, the um, I like the white peppermint mocha at Starbucks. And a couple years ago when I was really starting to try to take better stock of what I was eating and stuff, I started looking at the calorie counts and just about fainted. I mean, it, I still try to enjoy them, but like uh, on very limited amounts and in moderation and maybe going for like a grande instead of a venti because it's just the calories in those are are unreal. Absolutely. And that is one of the reasons we do a session on understanding and reading food labels, because 
nowadays that you can easily find that information on almost any product that's out there. So it's easier than ever to learn more about your calories. And that's a great way of increasing your awareness and making smarter choices throughout the whole year. Well, I don't remember, I think it was a few years back during the Obama administration where they made it mandatory for different restaurants to actually start posting the calories on the menus. And it's like, you go to some of different fast food chains and it's like, you're literally going to eat more than your, your recommended daily calorie counts in just one meal if you're not careful. Absolutely. And when we talk about sodium, and for many individuals who are trying to manage high blood pressure, sodium is a big, big issue. But many individuals think that their sodium intake is primarily from the salt shaker. It is not. Mm -hmm. It is from those processed meals that are being eaten away from home. So again, that's another great place to look at that sodium information. It's a wow factor for sure. Oh, absolutely. So Nicole, you had, um, in addition to kind of talking about eating smart, you one of the things that you wanted to touch on was just kind of the idea of, of moving more and just some, some tips around um, physical activity. Yeah, when coming up with some new um, physical activity goals for the new year, I really encourage everyone to find something that they like to do. If you find something that you're going to like to do, you're more li- likely to stick with it. You're less likely to have those negative energies towards it. You're like, oh, I have to go to the gym this morning. Like, oh, I get to ride my bike this morning. Mm. I get to go to go for a walk with my friends this morning. So really just trying to explore the different avenues. Like maybe it's yoga. Maybe they're group fitness classes. Maybe it's lifting weights. Just whatever works for you, whatever makes you happy, I think is is something that's worthwhile to do because you'll be end up you'll end up sticking to it longer than if it's something that you're dreading doing every morning. Absolutely. Um, there's some apps that you can actually look into to um, help with that. I know sometimes when I do yoga, I get a little lost because obviously with COVID we haven't been doing as many classes. Mm-hmm. But there's certain apps that you can you could just look up in the the app store like running apps or yoga apps, and there's tons of different like outlets that way. So you could see different ideas on how to do things. Another great um, resource is YouTube. Like there's tons of videos of people showing you exactly how to do it. And sometimes there's even like fun music to to listen to while you're doing your workout. So it makes it go quicker and it's almost like you're doing it with somebody else. This is this is weird for me because like so much of this of 2021 has been spent like putting out information about COVID-19 to combat misinformation from people that saw something on YouTube. So it's nice to hear (laughs) something about like, oh, there's positive things on YouTube that aren't crazy, insane and conspiracy theories. That's good. Oh, yeah, and it's great to use your resources because when we can't go out and do everything that we used to, it's nice that you can just have it, like, at the touch of your fingertips. Just you can look you can look up new things so it's not as intimidating. You don't have to show up to that yoga class and be like, oh, am I going to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. You can actually go look up some of the moves, try them yourself, see what you're comfortable with. So I think it's definitely a great resource. Um, another great resource is a lift, is called the Lift Program through the Gaston County Extension. And this is going to be starting up at the beginning of next year. So that's perfect for Whoa, New Year's wait, resolutions. You're, you're plugging something <laughs> at the extension? I wouldn't um, have guessed that. I think we might have a good resource. For yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so LIFT stands for Lifelong Improvements from Fitness Together. And it's an eight-week strength training workshop designed to improve functional fitness and improve emotional health and um, increase fruit and vegetable intake. Okay. So that's going to be starting early next year, and it's we really encourage you to reach out and come join us and do it. Right. 
So when you talk about improving emotional health, like I think sometimes that that gets lost when we, when you're talking about like losing weight or different things like that. What what specifically are you talking about when you're saying emotional health? Emotional health is really there's a wide umbrella, but it's like having that attitude, having a good attitude towards working out, getting healthy, you know, moving your body, eating healthy. All of these things come together. Like there's a lot of bad connotations with dieting Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily it needs to be a diet just like changing your your eating patterns you don't have to think negatively about it you'd be like oh i don't get to eat my sweets what well you could think about it as oh my goodness i'm putting all this great food into my body that's going to fuel me it's going to help me with my chronic illnesses or even if you don't have chronic illnesses it's going to help me be a better more productive person Mm -hmm. Also, one of the aspects of the LIFT program is connecting folks with each other. And, you know, one of the key aspects to making any healthy change is having that social support. And many individuals, especially as we get older, and often men are more isolated, and we've talked about this in many of our extension workshops because they're predominantly women, but men often tackle things more uh, you know, solo, alone, or they don't do them at all. So, This type of program is really designed to connect people so that you can get tips and ideas from one another, and it's offered at no cost. We'll be working with the senior centers in the area. We'll be kicking that off with the Bessemer City Senior Center. So, you know, and along with that, there's some great resources throughout Gaston County. Many churches, fitness centers, YMCAs, there's lots of great ways. And one of the reasons why we encourage people to do this is to have that connection because many times we will go and be a part of something because we know someone's going to check in on us or how many times have you missed a class and you go back and someone says where were you last week we missed you Mm -hmm. so it really creates that that connection and helps to build ideas and gives you the motivation that so many people need it's definitely nice to have friends and a community that can keep you accountable towards your goals. And I think have, participating in those classes kind of helps with that, for sure. You could even see in the Matter of Balance classes, I only got to attend two, but you could see that the people who were attending were meeting each other and they were opening up to each other and they were more comfortable. So it probably was more enjoyable for them to attend once they did make those connections. I think especially over the last almost two years now, like there's been such a sense of isolation for so many people that um, being able to, to either make new connections or maybe reestablish connections, uh, I think is, is really important for folks. Especially with our senior population, because they are already managing chronic conditions, they have concerns, and being able to have that support. And there's been so many losses. And as we get older, and we are losing our loved ones and, and having fatigue and doing our daily activities, some of the things that we need to continue to do, eating smart, moving more, is even more challenging. So we need all the help and the support. I've talked to a lot of our senior centers, and especially some of the males, they say, you know what, I come out here every day, and I read the newspaper, and I drink coffee. I don't do anything else. But you know what, they're getting out of the house, Mm -hmm. they're interacting with people, they're being checked on, and that is so important. I think one of the things that we have all learned is that we are a community and we need to reach out and connect with someone and that that can really make a difference. And I think that's going to continue. And anytime we can come together and encourage our community and folks, 
I think that that's so important, and we're aware of that now more than ever. Absolutely. When you, you've touched on a, a number of these, either Nicole or Kennedy or, or Linda, about, you know, med instead of meds or matter of balance, but Linda, you guys offer quite a few different classes or, or resources through the, the cooperative extension. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things that I think is so exciting and, and such a great community a- aspect of what Extension does, we've been around for 100, over 100 years. In North Carolina, we are in every county. And although those county offices, their programs are a little bit different, there's mm-hmm. such a connection with what counties need on the local level. So in terms of our programming with family and consumer science, I do a variety of nutrition and wellness, chronic disease, but we also touch on local foods, how to grow, how to cook, how to preserve it. We also touch with youth through our 4-H program, home gardening. We work with commercial growers. So there's a really a vast level of resources. We also have a parenting program that works with families and you know, again, when we're talking about a family approach, and that was one of the aspects that we talked about, when we're trying to make these changes with our health, we cannot do it alone. We need the support of everyone in our home. And I look at the resources we have with an extension as being interconnected that way. So when folks come to a nutrition or a wellness program, I like to let them know about our home and gardening and our youth programs as well because they may have children or they may have grandchildren and again there's so many wonderful resources in Gaston County and part of what we need to be able to do as employees and as good ambassadors is to share those resources Mm -hmm. and so working with our key partners from senior centers and libraries and administration is to be able to connect individuals to those resources especially if you are not in the mobile world And again, many of our seniors especially are still, you know, they don't feel comfortable using a smartphone or they don't use computers. So being able to get those vast resources out. And I think we still have those personable connections that make us such a a great asset and that makes our community very small town feel. Absolutely. Yeah. As much as Gaston County has grown, it definitely still has kind of that vibe to it. Absolutely. So before we close out, I did want to, uh, something kind of came to mind that I didn't ask at the beginning that I thought would be good for, for both Nicole and Kennedy, but, you know, what drove you to, to want to be a registered dietitian? Um, I'll start if that's all right. Sure. Um, for me, it was just the idea that I could help somebody. I know health is such a, it's such a wide range and there's, there's a lot to it, but I think right now in our day and age with all the processed foods and with all just like the push for medicine to fix everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to emphasize nutrition and because nutrition can really fix a lot of things and it can set you up for failure. I once heard this um, this saying, like your your body is like a piggy bank, you know, if you're putting things into it, like you're putting your good fuel into it, you're putting mm-hmm. your good nutrients, you're treating it well, you know, the piggy bank's going to add up. It's going to reward you at the end. Yeah, similarly to to Nicole, um, in high school, I definitely realized that taking care of myself, I did some sports in high school, and I realized that taking care of myself with sports going on kind of helped me with my performance in those, and in school, too. So um, eating well and taking care of yourself can uh, benefit you 
not only in the present moment, but in the long run too. And like Nicole said, just being able to help out somebody with doing that uh, and make an impact is probably the biggest reason why I decided to become a dietitian. Awesome. Linda, obviously you are a registered dietitian. What, what have you found to be one of the most rewarding things about your job? Well, I think the rewarding aspect for the work we do with Extension is, first of all, being able to meet the variety of people and working from youth to older adults and the variety of aspects. In the world of Extension, I learn something new every day. And our partnering organizations from the Area Agency on Aging and the resources, I've learned so much. And being able to share and see the information that individuals have to give to one another and how impactful and that changes lives is amazing. And that is one of the great things about the work that we get to do, also working with volunteers. Mm -hmm. And I did want to throw out a plug as well. Extension, we probably work with over 500 volunteers, which makes one of our organizations in the area of public health rather unique. So people who come and connect with us, they bring in their own experiences and expertise and are able to give back. And we have some volunteers, and I'd shared with Kennedy and Nicole, we have one volunteer who is about 88 years old. She started out in 4-H as a young girl. She came to the Lucille Tatum Center with her mother, who was a member, a volunteer of our organization. Mm. And so that grassroots effect of seeing this research-based information changing lives, improving lives, and, you know, we just finished up a Matter of Balance workshop, and we had folks that were 85 to 90 years old, and they are still active, involved in Senior Olympics, volunteering, taking care of grandchildren, and I think that's something we want to strive for, and we want to create this healthy community and be able to share those resources. So when you see those lives changed and people being able to live independently and longer, that is really what it's all about in the world of nutrition. So if you're interested in being a volunteer or learning more, we have many avenues for volunteers. Extension has a new volunteer program called our Master Food Volunteer Program, and you can certainly find more information by, you know, reaching out to the Extension Office. And during these COVID times, we look at additional opportunities for volunteering, and we're continuing to learn as well. But a great way of connecting. We partner with many of the universities from NC State to um, NC, NC State and Lenore Rhine and Winthrop and other universities to help mentor students. And again, I think that's how we learn and grow, and especially if you're interested in lifelong learning. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that came up over this past year, especially in working closely with public health and, and communications to the community, is looking at the fact that, you know, as hard as it might be to hear that as a county, we're not a terribly healthy county. Like there's, and that you saw that a lot with COVID where it's like, it, it struck people that had comorbidities a lot harder. And, and one of those comorbidities, you know, is something as easy, to, well, not easy to manage, but it's something is maybe right in front of your face in terms of being obesity. And so I know that that was one of the things that they looked at and said, as we try to come out of the pandemic, whatever that looks like, whenever that happens, that's got to be something that's a focus for us as a community is how do we become a healthier community? How, how do we 
be more focused and intentional with the communication to our residents about why lifestyle choices are really important and and can have um, you know a, a long lasting effect. Absolutely, and you know I think we've all seen during COVID how mo- taking movement, everyday steps out of your daily schedule created issues. And so the organizations that we have and the resources in Gaston County are great. Many folks haven't been able to connect with them or they haven't made that personal connection. And I think we as organizations with throughout the county will continue to look at how can we work better together in partnering and to get that information out. And, you know, I think so much of the work we're doing is looking at making the healthy choice the easier choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that takes money, that takes organizations coming together, it doesn't happen overnight. And I know for Extension, one of the ways that we address this issue is making sure that we're looking at nationally recognized, evidence-based programs that do have good outcomes. We're also working with other local organizations and partners like public health to look at policy development and, you know, health and all policies Mm -hmm. is an aspect that uh, David Fogarty, our extension director, has been highly involved in. And now with North Carolina extension programming and the work that we do with the SNAP audience, we are looking at policy development with our community gardens, with our farmers markets, with schools. And so I think organizations that have originally been looking at individual individually focused programming is are now starting to look at that policy changing and again starting small where is the easiest policy mm-hmm. it may be you know creating signage that says encourage instead of using the elevator that we're going to use the stairs right. just like the county admin building's been doing for years now as part of the wellness program so I think we'll continue to look at that. We have senior centers that are popping up. And as our aging, you know, as North Carolina continues to age and more people are retiring here, um, I think we're going to see more resources reflective of that. And there's lots of great activities and opportunities. One of the great things we've seen from COVID is developing these types of activities and resources like podcasts and virtual programming. Mm-hmm. So I think that creates some new resources for folks in our community as well. Well, I want to thank each of you for being uh, on the podcast today. We've got Linda, Nicole, and Kennedy. Thank you all so much for um, kind of sharing um, your wisdom and your insights and uh, wish you guys all a very happy and healthy 2022. Thank Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us.